With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Heck of a week five in the NFL, and it's not over yet as we welcome you into this Monday edition of the Lombardi Line. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. We've got Monday Night Football coming up later tonight from here in Las Vegas. The Raiders hosting the Packers. We'll preview that game at length a little bit later on in the show. But we got to start, Michael, with what was a clean sweep for your picks yesterday. Credit where credit is due. And also, I feel like the bulk of every like lean and base opinion that you had on games yesterday came true. So somebody called. NBA jam he's on fire yeah right yeah (laughs) it worked it worked out yeah you know it was an interesting weekend uh some of those like I thought the most accurate we were yesterday was don't watch the Pittsburgh Baltimore game it's ugly it's going to be disgusting but when the game's over Pittsburgh will have covered the four and a half and they end up winning outright which if you watch that game you could never see how they could win outright even though you know the outcome so it was one of those weekends where sometimes your trends, you know, those trends that you introduce, they, they're just too hard to ignore. I've learned that in, in handicapping games, you know, usually on paper, oh, this team's better, they're going to win. But there's something about those trends that don't go away. Yeah, every now and then the trend is your friend. And it's the 12th straight instance now in a row that the underdog in this Ravens Steelers matchup has gone on to not only cover, but in this case, win straight up with the comeback there for the Steelers 17 10. We'll, we'll get into that game at length a little bit more in a bit. But Michael, I am wearing this color for good reason today. <laughs> How about yeah. them Niners, my guy? A monster wow. win over Dallas yesterday. You know, when the Patriots are getting ready to play the Cowboys, I was watching a lot of Cowboy tape, and I thought, you know, they're just – they Arizona blocked them. Like, I know they have this rep for being great on defense, but I thought – actually, I said it on our show. I thought that New England could, could beat them or could even upset them or definitely cover the line, and they got destroyed. And a lot of that had to do with the, you know, the turnovers and all that. But – you know, when you study Dallas, and this has got to be a concern if you're a Cowboy fan, you've beaten a bad Jet jet team offensively. You've beaten a very bad Giant team offensively. And you've beaten a very bad Patriot team offensively. And the Cardinals, with Drew Petzik, has done a great job with, with Joshua Dobbs. He turned it over yesterday. 
But for the most part, they have moved the ball. They blocked them and they ran the football. Kyle Shanahan watched that tape and said, okay, I got this. And they dominated that game. That's why I said yesterday on the air, I thought the over was going to be in play. I kind of thought both teams would score. I didn't think one would get to 42 and the other would only get to 10. But I kind of felt like we were going to see more offense than we were anticipating. And the Niners came through. Yeah, I mean, you look at that 42 points. The Cowboys, each of the previous four weeks combined, only allowed 41. So just an absolute dismantling from the San Francisco 49ers in this spot. The Texas Rangers put up more points yesterday against the Orioles than the Cowboys did in this game, which is crazy to think about. And Brock Purdy, give him his flowers, Michael. Four touchdowns against that defense, three of which go to George Kittle. He has yet to throw an interception this season. 72% completions for the year. He improves to 10 know as a starter in these regular season games eight one and one against the spread and the poise the mobility and way he is able to function in the pocket I feel like so many things that he is doing Michael are just the right way he just makes it look easy for whatever reason and we got to stop this nonsense that he's the weak link. Like, right. forget the fact that he was Mr. Irrelevant. That's over with now. It's not where you get picked. It's where how you play. And the kid plays really well. As I've said many times, tell me the difference between him and Tua. Other than one guy was picked fifth overall in the draft, the other guy was the last pick. Both really good accuracy. Both have, and you know, Tua doesn't have a great arm. I think Purdy's arm is much better. Both had experience in college. And they run the offense effectively like a good point guard does. So I I don't understand why people keep constantly have to go back to when's Purdy going to fall apart. He's not. He gets the ball to the players and the players do the work. That's what his job is. And they're really effective and they're tough to handle because with McCaffrey now, you know, they've got so many interchangeable parts and they become very effective and it's hard to defend them. It really is. And as, as the Cowboys tried, they really didn't have an answer. And without digs, they can't play a lot of man-to-man. They're going to lose on the outside. No, I completely agree with you. And especially when it comes to the let's forget the Mr. Irrelevant talk. He's not just going to up and turn into a pumpkin. He tore up his elbow the in the NFC Championship game last year and somehow has come back stronger now to this point. He is number one in the NFL throwing outside the numbers, number one in the league throwing passes 15 yards or more beyond the line of scrimmage. He And yet he is still splitting rent and living with a roommate on the offensive line and driving a Toyota <laughs> Sequoia, Michael. So, you know, that, yeah, that just well, goes to show how good that deal. is for the 49ers. <laughs> They can't redo his deal yeah. for another two more years. I mean, they have two more years of this deal, they, they, and there's nothing they can do for him. You know, I'm sure he'll make bonus pay from the playtime incentives that all get dumped in the pool, so he's not going broke. But, look, credit them for seeing something in him, and credit yeah. – look, we have this conversation. Oh, you know, anybody can play in Kyle's system. Well, you know, that's not true. That, that Nick Mullins couldn't play in this. C.J. Beathard couldn't play in the system. Garoppolo could. This kid can play well, and the players around them are so good. They dominated that game 42-10 to 10 wasn't as close because remember this, if the Cowboys can't run the football effectively, that's problematic for their offense. And yeah. then the way the Niners play defense this year, they play more man, they don't have, they'll attack a little bit more and still have that front. They're tough to play. Yeah, the Cowboys just 57 yards on the ground, 29 from Tony Pollard. The longest run play of the game was 11 yards for Dallas, uh, 10 yards maybe, yeah, for for Dallas in the spot, and it was Pollard. But what I think has gotten maybe a little bit carried away um, is the Brock Purdy MVP odds, Michael. He's down all the way to 7-1 yeah. to one now. 
He should. I mean, look, look. I, I thought the two MVP odds was I, like I keep saying that's that's Tyreek Hill. That's Tyreek <laughs> Hill. Okay, let's stop that. But I could see it being because Purdy's been playing point, you know, and he's playing a really good. He's John Stockton. That's what he is. He's playing like John Stockton. He's just dishing the ball. It's it's perfect, you know. And you've got to give him some consideration. So the other guy, Mahomes, at four fifty. Look, I'm gonna tell you something. That offense is not on track. 33 yards was the longest pass play to Watson on a third and 18 that he threw it up in the air and Watson came down with it. This offense is not back on track. And that offensive line is a problem. They don't have great skill. Kelsey's not the same Kelsey as he's getting older and dealing with injuries. They haven't hit high octane. They're still winning, credit them, because their defense is really good. Yeah, and thankfully, Kelsey was able to get back in that game. You wonder what that offense is, truly, if he's not available because he's such an important piece of what they of what they do. Also, injury-wise in that game, Justin Jefferson dealing with a hamstring. No official update. We'll have to see throughout the course of the week how he plays. But, uh, you know, he didn't look particularly comfortable on the sideline yesterday. To re-go back to those MVP numbers, though, you see Purdy there, 7-1, to one, um, tied for third on the odds board. McCaffrey, sixth on the board at 15-1. to one. He's also the offensive player of the year favorite at plus 175. General numbers for San Francisco, they are the plus 350 favorite to win the Super Bowl, plus 140 now in the NFC, an $8 favorite to win the NFC West. Everything coming up 49ers. And speaking about the defense, Michael, obviously Fred Warner had an incredible day, interception, forced fumble, sack, uh, led the team with eight tackles on the day as well. But taking advantage of Dak Prescott, I thought, who had a three interception day, um, he now against the 49ers, their last three meetings, just three touchdowns, six interceptions, uh, Dak basically said, get out of the way, C.D. Lamb. There are guys in red I want to throw the ball to. Here's what he had to say after the game. <laughs> Didn't see it coming. As you said, put everything into this and uh, got punched in the mouth. Um, called a couple of weeks ago, humbling against Arizona. Uh, but this may be the most humbling game I've ever been a part of. Um, felt good about the preparation. Felt good about everything, honestly, coming into this game, matchups. And they beat us in every aspect. They did. And uh, it's it hard did. to find a lot of redeeming qualities from what we saw from Dallas yesterday. But, but Michael, to you, who, who are the contenders in the NFC now beyond San Francisco? Well, I, I think the Lions are good. I mean, I think the Lions are good. They can score. You know, if it's a drop back game, they're not as good. You know, Goff got hit quite a bit in this, you know, even though they scored 42. But they're good. They can move the football. St. Brown wasn't on the field. Gibbs wasn't on the field yesterday and didn't miss a beat. Dominated the game. You know, Bryce Young, you know, Frank Wright's just going to call 75 passes. He doesn't care how much the kid gets hit. You know, he's taking a beating. I, I actually think Bryce Young is really good. I watch him. He throws the ball in rhythm. He's got great eye, eyes. He he sees the field. He, he's just getting hit way too much. It's hard for him. Uh, so I think Detroit's a contender. I think Philly played their best game yesterday, Stormy. They played their best game yesterday. They dominated. The, the Rams have always been a team that needs to control the run, run the football, control the clock. As we said yesterday on the air, they had 54 more plays than their opponent. 54 more offensive plays than their opponent. That's an entire game. That's an entire game. For the Giants and the Patriots offense, that might be two games, right? And so that's an entire game. And yesterday, the Eagles dominated third down. This was a really good third down team defense for the Rams. They dominated third down, and they dominated the game. And so, you know, they're they're – I would say they're less than they were last year, but they're really good. Detroit, 
Philly, San Francisco. I, I don't see it. Minnesota, they make too many mistakes. The first series of the game, they fumbled. You know, for me, I don't know if there's another team. Dallas is going to have to prove they can step up in there. There are two games already out of first place already. Yeah, it's it's interesting how this game is such a week-to-week league and what we thought Dallas was, we were really shown on a big stage yesterday what they weren't. So the 49ers, like I said, the favorite in the NFC, followed by the Eagles 3-1, to the Lions at 7-1, to and San Francisco still being that Super Bowl favorite where things stand now. We'll also talk a little bit more about the AFC contenders and that side of things, talking about it being a week-to-week league, what we saw from the Buffalo Bills yesterday in London mm-hmm. and a significant injury to Matt Milano, more and more injuries piling up on that defense. And while we're on the AFC, how about what is going on in New England? We'll get Michael's thoughts when we return here on the Lombardi line. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all of the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to the VSEN.com slash picks page where you can sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. We also have a top VSEN experts leaderboard where you can view betting records, profit, and ROI. See which VSEN expert has the hot hand for VSEN Pro picks. Betting splits, power ratings, plus 24 7 video access. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today. Sign up today for just $19 for your first month at VSEN.com subscribe speaking of the hot hand our guy michael lombardi had one yesterday if you were on the picks page you would have seen mm. that his official plays went three and oh including two underdogs michael you liked that ended up winning outright another 
underdog that won outright yesterday. It was the Jacksonville Jaguars who won 25 to 20 over the Buffalo Bills in London. And in addition to a poor result for the Bills, Michael, a poor situation for their defense in terms of injuries, their leader, um, heart and soul of that defense, Matt Milano, linebacker, I think one of the more underrated players in all of the NFL. He fractured his leg and there's fear he's done for the year with a knee injury as well. Yeah, horrible. Because he's the heart and soul of their team. I mean, look, he's missed 12 games over his career. In those 12 games, the Bills are 7-5. and five. Now, early in his career, he didn't miss games, but he really wasn't the player that he is today. And they're 12, they're, he's 7-5 and five in the games. The Bills are 7-5 and five in the games they miss. And they give up 24.43 uh, points per game when he's not on the field. He lines them up. He makes plays. He was playing at a Pro Bowl level against Miami. This is going to be a hard one for them to overcome. Bernard, the other kid that plays inside, the second-year player from Baylor, really a good player as well. But they're going to need to be able to get someone else in there. It's a challenge, right? It's a challenge to do that. Uh, Edmonds left to go to Chicago, and Bernard filled in perfectly for him. They haven't missed a beat with that one. This one's going to cause them to miss a couple beats because he is so good and hard to replace. They want to play nickel. They want to be in that smaller front. It gives them a lot of range to cover the field horizontally because they tackle so well. I mean, this kid Milano tackles well, and he's a ball hawk. So it's a real issue. I, I feel badly for Bills fans. I feel badly for Milano because he's a great, great player that no one really knows how great he is unless you talk to the opponents. Milano, with this injury, you have Tredavious White, who's already out for the season with an Achilles. Daquan Jones gets injured in the first quarter uh, yesterday as well with a pectoral injury. You do get Von Miller. That one's big. Yeah, you do get that Von. That one's big, Stormy. Go ahead. I don't know. Did you hear a report on the, uh, the, the Jones one? Because if that's a torn pec, he's out for the year. I haven't seen anything official yet, so we'll be sweating it out. But Sean McDermott said, quote, not looking good. So if that gives you any any read into that situation. And, and Von Miller, like the, I said. Those were the two best players. They are the two, including Von Miller, the two best players on Buffalo are Jones and Milano. If they lost them both over there, it's going to really put a damper on their defense. Well, and I was just going to say Von Miller agrees. So take a listen. You can't replace Daquan, can't replace Matt Milano, can't replace Trey White, Trey Wright. Um, that's just that's just part of the game, you know. Um, it's a uh, it's a terrible part of the game, you know, to get injuries and especially serious injuries. But you, you just got to keep moving. I know it, it sounds cliche, but that's really the only thing that we can do. Is is going to suck losing those guys? But we just got to keep taking one step at a time. So big picture, Michael, how do you view the Buffalo Bills right now? Because last week after the win over Miami, they're riding high. We're talking all about how this is the clear cut best team in the NFL, it seems. And then this loss happens, the losses in terms of injuries. They're still a 15 point favorite next week against the Giants. They're still high on the odds board. But how do you view them moving forward? I think it's going to be hard. If you said to me, why did they beat Miami and handle Miami? Daquan Jones and Matt Milano. Those are the two players that did it for him. Daquan killed the guard inside. Hunt, he killed Robert Hunt, destroyed him, was in was into his face. The scheme helped, and Milano turned the ball over, made tackles. Those two players were the two best. I mean, Von Miller knows. It's not hard to figure out. You watch the tape. It's hard to replace them. You know, they're going to have to get guys to step up, but there's always going to be that little bit of an edge. Now, what they have going for him is Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen can control the football. You know, he can, he can try to keep them – to get the defense off the field, he can get them to play 
from in front, right? So that they can use their pass rush. They can use Miller, Leonard Floyd, and all their rushers to kind of help the game. But as we saw yesterday, you know, when they weren't pressuring yesterday with blitzes to coming after Lawrence, Lawrence had time to throw and was making all the throws. So this is going to be a tough game. They're going to have to manage the game differently defensively, offensively, and in the kicking game. It's going to be hard. These are two injuries that are not going to be easy to overcome. Yeah, you mentioned Lawrence there, 315 yards and a touchdown. No interceptions. Did have that red zone turnover, though. Calvin Ridley and Travis Etienne were great. And RIP, like anybody that was betting live unders during the game because it looked like it was going to be a clear-cut under. Sorry for anybody who had to sweat that. Game did stay under from the pre-flop total. But, I mean, trading touchdowns late when it's 11-7 it's to 7 in the fourth quarter. And then they trade <laughs> touchdowns back and forth four times. Not ideal. Um, again, the Bills, nope. minus 15 against the Giants coming up next week the Jags next opponent the Colts they are a four-point favorite in that one moving forward I think that line's too far I I just that to me I think this is an overreaction yes I know Buffalo will be ready to play yes I know Josh but but I know the Giants gave up a zillion yards yesterday right and they were on the field for 36 minutes and gave up 524 yards but they did hold Miami to 31 They held Miami. They turned the ball over three times. And so their offense just couldn't do anything. Now, we know Daniel Jones has the neck, whether he can play. I think the line was set as if Tyron Taylor's going to play. Because this is, I mean, 15 is a lot with Buffalo's injuries. It's a lot. For Daniel Jones, he's calling it neck soreness. He said it feels similar to what he had in 2021, but not as severe. Uh, Let's keep it in the AFC for these last few minutes, Michael, because and we'll discuss this game a little bit deeper and the situation in New England a little bit deeper later on, because it is a step into my office day. And there are a lot of people that need a talking to. But after last week, when New England suffered the worst loss of Bill Belichick's career as a head coach in New England, they then turn it around and at home get shut out. 34 to nothing. Mac Jones throws a pick six early. He ends up getting pulled again. What did you see from this game and what is going on out there in Patriots country? It's really not complicated. They're not very good. They, they haven't gotten any better at all. All offseason, we talked about the Bill O'Brien impact, right? We talked about them being better on offense than they were last year. And so far, that has not proven to be true. They're worse in almost every single category. What I thought would be improved would be their offensive line. And their offensive line, even though they may have better players, they're not playing at that level. And so the team is not playing well in every phase. They were, they're were they 32nd in DVOA and special teams. I mean, no one puts more time or effort into special teams than the Patriots do. They want to win games there. And so far, they haven't won any games there. So this is about everything. This isn't just on Mac Jones. This isn't just on the offensive line. This is on everybody, coaching players and schemes. And this isn't going to get better anytime soon. This is not going to get better because this is a team that has no confidence at all. I mean, you could feel it. When they threw the pick six yesterday, the team just went flat. And it was, and actually, the, I think seven nothing, obviously, it would have won the game. There was no energy at all. In their team, they have no confidence. They were playing with because they have no evidence evidence to have confidence. They haven't been able to get it going. They haven't played at a higher level. You is it on Belichick? I mean, yeah, sure, he's the head coach. He's got to do all the. I mean, he's in charge of it. You know, 
their team is not playing well at all. It's not complicated, and it's not going to get better. They've got a lot of problems. They can't fix them all in one day. They're going to have to try to get incrementally better. And it starts with the – if you said to me, what are the three biggest problems with Carolina, New York, and and New England? I would say their offensive lines are horrible. Until those three teams fix their lines, they're not going to move the ball no matter who's a quarterback. Three yards per play yesterday at home for the New England Patriots. And one it was in, ugly. It was ugly. One in four now uh, for the first time since 2000. This is a an organization, Michael, that is used to success. Failure is very yep. unfamiliar. And now in two games, they've been outscored 72 to three on the year. Yep. They're averaging 11 points per game. They have 10 turnovers. Like these are just things and stats and numbers you are not used to associating with New England. No, you're not. I mean, you know, even in the Cam Newton year, the, the Mac Jones year, the next year, you know, and then it's all the last two years, it's falling apart. You know, Josh McDaniels takes the job at the Raiders, you know, uh, Dante Skarnecki retires. I mean, look, it's it all falls back to the head coach. He's going to have to fix all these problems. But there are a lot of problems. And within the problems is they haven't been able to play good defense because they can't play from in front. I mean, they're behind before you even get a pretzel. They're down 14 to nothing yesterday before you even get a pretzel. Bad punt, can't get a first down. They open the game up with a, with a run for eight yards, and they're punting. Speaking of Josh McDaniels, uh, Patriots face the Raiders next week. Uh, Raiders, a three-point favorite in that spot. The Raiders are going to be in action tonight in Monday Night Football, taking on the Green Bay Packers, which just walking from my car to the studio today, Michael, saw like 12 Green Bay jerseys. We, yeah, Elliot I mean, and I were joking. It's going to be a road game for the Raiders. It's we, a road game for the Raiders tonight. Jordan Love is over here at the slot machine. We got Charles Woodson at the roulette table. So we'll discuss <laughs> that game with Thomas Gable, director of the Race and Sportsbook at the Borgata in a moment as well as continuing to recap a busy Sunday week five in the NFL. This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Basketball season is ready to tip off and the VSEN experts have been hard at work tracking the latest player moves to help you bet smarter. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today and get our all new NBA betting guide featuring up-to-date previews on all 30 teams, futures and year-long player props, best bets on player awards like Rookie of the Year, live betting strategies, plus thoughts and advice on building your own NBA betting model from senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel. Give yourself an edge this season. Become a VSEN subscriber. Get our NBA betting guide v- VEASAN.com slash subscribe is where you can do it. The NBA right around the corner. The NHL, where you in the playoffs for Major League Baseball. The NFL and college football are in full swing. Who better to join Michael and I on the program to help us break it all down from the books perspective than Thomas Gable, director of the Race and Sportsbook at the Borgata out there in Atlantic City. So much going on, my friend. So we appreciate you taking some time to join us today. Uh, no, happy to be here. And yeah, it's a great great time of the year baseball playoffs happening tonight and Monday night football but you just read the uh, the NBA preview coming out there and uh, NHL starting tomorrow and we're less than a month away from college basketball as well believe it or not so just so much happening right now it, it is so good Eagles are five and0 finally played a great game TG where were yes. you? Did you get any money at all on the Giants over the weekend? Because we were talking about it on Sunday, and there was nobody taking the Giants. <laughs> and it was a game where if you watched it, 
it was almost as if the Giants didn't want to cover. Like the, the, the Miami <laughs> Dolphins gave them every opportunity to cover it, and they refused to cover it. But Michael, believe it or not, that was one of the better results for us yesterday because we had some Giants money here. And uh, it was a pretty even. I want their names. I want those people's <laughs> names. I want to know who bet that. I want their names. There, there were plenty of them. There were plenty of them. When you're getting 12 and a half, you know, there were plenty of takers. And, uh, it, you know, even – so I will say this. they got If you bet the Giants on the first half – you got rewarded there with that pick, pick six there. So yeah. uh, the Giants cashed uh, first half. But um, full game, yeah, obviously uh, no good. Uh, 31-16 final there, and, and Miami does cover. But we, we made out pretty well on that game because we were taking some Giants of money here, and there were plenty of people, plenty of people backing them. I'm sure there were a lot of people that were kind of like-minded like me from a teaser standpoint of taking the Dolphins and Lions and that ended up coming through. Should have just bet it, mm-hmm. parlayed it with the spread because it ended up working out just fine for both. But for for those big favorites coming through, TG, how about all the underdogs that won outright? The Jags, Colts, Saints, Steelers, Jets, that had to be good results for you. Yeah, I, I mean, when you start the day there with the Jags and the Bills, uh, that was a fantastic start for the day for the book. Uh, everybody was on the Bills. And, Michael, I did want to ask you this. Obviously, the Bills lost a lot there defensively. Uh, but I want to talk about it on the offensive side of the ball, specifically around the scheduling of the travel. It's now kind of well-known. The Bills only arrived in London on Friday. And it seems mm-hmm. like they were – very lackadaisical on offense there to start the game in the first half. Uh, do you think one, they should have obviously in hindsight, maybe scheduled to arrive there a few days earlier than Friday because the Jags had yeah. that full week over a week in London and their bodies were accustomed to the time and uh, they, they played like it and the bills did not. Even Josh Allen said they were, they were, uh, they played a step slow. They looked at to me when you watch in the game, you know, it looked to me like Buffalo looked like Pittsburgh did in Houston. They looked like the tired team. You know, I thought Pittsburgh was really tired in Houston from their messed up travel coming back from Las Vegas. And Buffalo did the same. You know, Baltimore's going over there today or tomorrow. I don't know when Tennessee's yeah. going. I saw, Michael, I, I, Michael, just to jump in, I saw Jamie Erdahl report this morning that the Ravens are leaving today and the Titans are doing exactly what the Bills did, that they're leaving Thursday to Friday. So could that be advantage Ravens this week? I think you got to look at it as, as a handicap in the game. I really do. There'll be a ton of money on Vrabel coming in because he's a dog over there. But I, I think that time difference, look, they're five hours ahead of us, right? So that ball got kicked off at 930 in the morning for, for the Buffalo players. They're not used to that. You know, I, it takes a little bit of time. And, you know, it's a long, you know, I know it's a six-hour flight. And we have sometimes in the wintertime when you go New York to L.A., it's a six-hour flight with the wind. But it's still a challenge. I, I, I think I would go earlier. I think I would go earlier and just try to kind of bond the team. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't think that information was really all. It was obviously out there, but I don't think it was well known uh, amongst betters, and and certainly wasn't an angle that was really being looked at. Uh, now, in hindsight, it it seems to be. But uh, so you, yeah, you it, know, the it, angle it, that was TG though the Falcon game. Everybody was talking about the Falcon game, 
and how teams that come back from London and play the next week, you know, don't play as well in the fourth quarter. And, you know, mm-hmm. let's face it, the, the Falcons were able to win the game in the fourth quarter. And so I think that with that final drive of the game and kick the field goal. So I kind of think, I just think to me, the coming back may not be as problematic as the going over. Yeah, yeah, good point there. And, you know, one team that does have travel coming up this week is Stormy's 49ers. And we, we've already seen the adjustment here on, uh, on the line. They're going to Cleveland, traveling cross yeah. country. And now they're up to four and a half point favorites. But now they're the highest power rated team in the NFL. And they're, they're heading up against, you know, one of the better defenses in the NFL. So uh, the question here is uh, traveling cross country. Maybe this was a spot that you know, kind of circled the 49ers as, might be a little susceptible, but I mean, the way that they looked last night against Dallas, everybody is going to be uh, backing the Niners uh, next week against the Browns there. They just looked so good and uh, steamrolled Dallas. Um, and so I, I think, um, you know, the, again, the, the line adjustment there, it, four and a half, I think is fine. I, I think even South Point might be up to five and a half on this game. Some are five. So, there's some fives out there. Yeah. yeah. There's some fives out there. And I, I think Chris might be up to five and a half. Uh, Chris Andrews there. So um, yeah, big adjustment there on that line uh, for the look ahead. But uh, going back to yesterday, obviously the Eagles were able to travel cross country. No problem there. They, they probably had their best. I think their best full game of the year uh, really controlled that game nicely. There was a lot of Rams money in the market. Um, but the Eagles got the cover there. That wasn't a good result for us. Um, still had Eagles backers here, obviously. But um, the, the the other team that was taking money didn't didn't come out well. Were, were the Vikings? Uh, the Chiefs got the cover there, one by seven, twenty-seven twenty. That game got close to three and a half points. So uh, yeah. a lot of people were taking the Vikings yesterday and did not work out for them at all. PG, how about Monday night football tonight? Uh, we've got the Raiders welcoming the Packers to town. Opened pick a lot of places, and it seems like it's been all Raiders money. Jimmy Garoppolo back from concussion protocol. Looks like Devontae Adams going to try to give it a go. Is that what you're seeing over there at the Borgata as well? Yeah, so two and a half now. And and this game opened uh, Packers as a one-point favorite uh, for us. And uh, some places you said... Um, open pick, but right now we're seeing some Packers money come in this morning here. So uh ticket count almost dead, even 50, 50, but uh, more money here on the Packers. Currently the total has gone up from 44 and a half to 45 and a half. Uh, but uh, obviously this line did adjust when uh, Garoppolo got out of concussion protocol and certainly looked like he was going to give it a go. So that's where you saw the line adjustment come in there uh, when Jimmy was, uh, ruled back in. So, uh, but right now it's uh, at least at our shop, uh, mostly uh, Packers money coming in here today. Hi, one thing I love to do on Monday morning is look at the opening lines and see who's betting them initially. Cause I, people are just taking numbers. I was shocked to see the jets as a six and a half point dog to the Eagles. I thought that would be over seven. Where are you on that game? Uh, we're, we are also six and a half here, Michael. Uh, but, I'll tell you, we are getting a lot of Eagles money, uh, both last yeah. night when we opened the lines and this morning already. 
people taking both the, the money line price and uh, laying the six and a half here with Philly. Thomas, thank you so much for doing this as always, my friend. You're awesome. Thanks, TG. All Appreciate right. you. Thank you, guys. Michael, you should be very proud of me for not just continuing to talk about the 49ers when he said they're his highest rated power, like power rated team right now. I, I, I could have gone that way and I stayed off. I said, yeah, no, the people need Monday night football you. information. Well, well, they should take their bow. They really look good. I mean, look, they, they are a complete team. They can return. Their punter's outstanding. Nobody talks about him. They mentioned it briefly last night about, you know, how good he is. He's in, with hang time. Uh, Wisnowski put, put you inside the 20. And I think Steve Wilkes has really done a great job as D'Amico Ryans because he's given them more diversity. I was screaming that about the Niners when Sala was there. They need more diversity. And then Ryans came in and gave them some, but now they have a lot more. I like to call it poetry in motions. Doing a great job yeah, I out saw there that in tweet. San Francisco. I loved it. I saw it. <laughs> we'll be right back. Plenty more to discuss. Wrapping up the NFL Week 5 when we come back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Don't forget, on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers get a no-sweat same-game parlay any day. Download the app and use the promo code VSIN, V-S-I-N, when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi, who's out there on the East Coast in Jersey, I'm Stormy Bonantoni, live from downtown Las Vegas at Circa Resort and Casino. We are continuing to break down what was a busy and interesting week five Sunday in the NFL. And as we jump back into it, Michael, it really seems that Denver couldn't hack it yesterday <laughs> against the Jets, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that might be one of the strangest games you're ever going to watch. You know, you can make a case for both teams winning the game, right? I mean, the Jets are down in the red zone, I think like five times and come away with, you know, kick field goals most of the time. 
because they didn't want Zach Wilson to beat them, so they tried to run the ball and throw it on third down. And then, of course, the Broncos are just in a giveaway, and Bryce Hall, you know, takes a scamper for, what, 70 yards to run with it. I mean, if you're, you know, the only way you're going to lose the game is if, if you, if you give up a long run to Bryce Hall, and, and they do. So, I mean, it was a weird game. And what was the, the epitome of weird was how a guy as experienced as Russell Wilson is to play the way he did. First of all, the sack, the, 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 the safety he takes, inexcusable. He knows he's got to get rid of the ball, right? You can't hold the ball when you're backed up to the end zone and then throw it away like that. And then the strip sack fumble at the end. You got a chance to tie the game. It's 24-21. You got a chance. I mean, Wilson just gave you the gift of all gifts. He turns the ball over in the red zone. A horrendous throw in the end zone, you know, that that Sertan picks off. And, you know, and now you got a chance to tie the game in overtime and he turns it over. Look, Denver, New England, Carolina, the Giants, you know, they're going to be at the top of the draft. I mean, Arizona will be in there, too. Don't worry about that. But it it is bad for Denver. I mean, to me, it it, this is a game where Denver, you know, to, to allow 31 points to the Jets. I know the Jets defense scored, but it's really kind of disappointing in the way they've played. They have not improved at all during the season. Yet they continue to separate themselves in a bad way. And yeah, Michael, we all those teams, all mm-hmm. those teams I mentioned do the same thing. So we look at the numbers in terms of points per game allowed. Right. And the Broncos lead the league in that category, 36 points per game allowed. And you think, wow, that must be skewed a lot still by the game against the, the Dolphins when they lit them up for 70. Not so fast against the Jets, 31 points. Obviously, we see here the Bears, they gave up 28. The Commanders, they gave up 35. They allowed an NFL worse 187 yards per game on the ground and 450 yards total on the ground per game this season. Like that defense, something that was so good last year, and it was the offense costing them games because they couldn't even score 20, right? Like that was the problem last season. It's totally opposite now. And again, for the Jets, we talk about motivation and how hard it can be to handicap some of those off-field factors. But then you see that video of CJ Uzoma before the game. Yes, there were a lot of F-bombs in it, but talking about how this game is personal and they're in it for Nathaniel Hackett and um, he gets the game ball after the game. All of the coaches lining up to give him congratulations afterwards. You saw what it meant to him. You saw what it meant for that offense and defense to deliver in that spot for Nathaniel Hackett after all of the comments that were made this offseason. Yeah, I mean, look, when you, you know, it's one thing to say the team was poorly coached internally. It's another thing to say it publicly. I really believe he tried to take the pressure off of Russell, but he just put the put the target right on yeah, their back. Bulletin board material, and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and you don't want to do that. I mean, you know, I know he said he put his Fox hat on, but he was never that he was never that uh, open when he was with Fox because he knew he was going back in the league, so he never was. Uh, but you know, when you break the game down, I mean, look. The, the Jets had their best offensive day by a lot. I mean, by a yeah. lot. You know, 407 yards. I mean, they, they ran the, the – the Jets had had basically the two games that they've won, they've made big big runs. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Bryce Hall, big run against Buffalo, win. Bryce Hall, big run against Denver, they win. And, you know, here's a Jet team, too, that when you watch them, Stormy, they typically – they don't create turnovers. And yesterday, they really didn't create them. Denver gave it to them. The drop punts and all that, they had three turnovers. The last two weeks, the Jets' defense has been able to, to get the ball away from their opponent five times. Mahomes turned it over, too. Yep. 
the takeaways, oh, and th- those Mahomes ones still, I keep on like envisioning those floaters. And I'm just like, how is one of the He best- did it yesterday, yeah. Stormy. He throws a third and 18 to Watson. It's a floater up there off his back foot. And the kid, and the guy's in double cover, and the guy comes down with it. I mean, he made a great play. But I'm telling you, you watch that. You watch Kansas City. Nobody's sitting there saying, oh, my God, we're going to have, how do we hold him under 30? I mean, he's great. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of plays that aren't great. Meanwhile, to go back to the Jets just briefly, Zach Wilson over the last two games, 71% completions, 200 plus yards, intelligent runs. You wonder if they've they've been able to figure at least a little something out for him because if he keeps on playing like that and the defense keeps getting these takeaways, they can win some games down the line. Six and a half point dog at the Eagles next week. But Michael, I want to go to the AFC North. But they lost two linemen in that game, Stormy. I saw yeah. Becton get carted off the field, and I saw Tucker get carted off the field. Now, I don't know what the level of injury is on both those guys, but their offensive line against a good front is going to have trouble. Yeah, and their offensive line, which even with them, is already not good. <laughs> um, but let's go to the AFC North real quickly because the Pittsburgh Steelers, as a four-and-a-half-point underdog yesterday to the Ravens, they come back, score 14 fourth-quarter points to win 17-10 over Baltimore. And now, Michael, through five games, say what you want about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Say what you want about Matt Canada. The leaders in the AFC North right now. It's amazing. I mean, I, I, I said this on the show yesterday, and I, and I put it very succinctly. Don't watch. Do not, if you, if you bet the Steelers, <laughs> yep. don't watch. Do not watch the game. It will not be pretty. It'll be ugly. But at the end, when the, when the tally's done, and then you have four and a half in your pocket, you'll win the, t- you'll win the bet. It was ugly. It was ugly, ugly, ugly. I mean, my man Bill Berman and I, we watched the whole thing, and we're just looking at each other. If Matt Canada would have run one more zone play, I think Berman was going to fly to Pittsburgh and just punch him. Like, seriously, I like, I think it was, I mean, two coaches had him on his, on his hot seat. You know, it was Zach Taylor's lead play, uh, one-back runs into, into a loaded front, and then Matt Canada's running game. I mean, I thought he was going to lose his mind, you know? And so... But somehow, some way, Pickens makes the play. They get Humphreys as the outside corner. See, Humphreys can't play outside corner. I've been saying that on this show for three years. You get him outside, you could attack him. Everybody thinks he's a Pro Bowl player. He can't live outside like that. You got, you got to go after him. They, they did. And Lamar, they, Lamar just fell apart in the second half. I mean, they, they had over 200 yards in the first half of offense, right? They're, they're controlling the game. And then when they got to the second part of the game, when they got to the second half, it was it was horrendous. They couldn't make a play. They they had uh, Baltimore. They they turned down point. You know they try to do dumb things. It was bad. Michael, they seemed intent on giving the game away. Like three turnovers, blocked punt for a safety, squander a handful of other opportunities. And Lamar Jackson, speaking of, you know, balls not going where they're supposed to, puts one right into the hands of Joey Porter Jr. So, uh, yeah, it was... In a red zone play. Yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable, right? And they had 100 yards of offense in the second half. Only three first downs. I mean, you know what drives me crazy? All I hear about, all I hear about, Saturday... The Texas Longhorns, they get a first down. Steve Sarkeesian, it's the greatest offensive coach I've ever seen. Did you see that play Sark just designed? Oh, my God. And it's the same thing with Munkin. It's like they have one good play for Baltimore, and all I got to hear, oh, Munkin, what a great call by Munkin. They had 100 yards in the second half. Where were the great calls by Munkin? I was waiting for him. <laughs> 
I mean, the Sark one drives me out of my mind. My God, did you see that play Sark designed? Nobody says anything about the defense, you know? Nobody says that. Or Lincoln Riley. Oh, did you see that? By the way, Lincoln Riley is the Mike D'Antonio of, the, of college, college football. <laughs> He, yeah. he might as well coach the Houston Rockets. What in the world was that game against Arizona this weekend? We're, we're sticking to the NFL for now, Michael. We'll get to college football in a little it. bit. I went off on a tangent. It's you okay. see, you got me on a tangent. It's okay. I like when you're fired up, all right? It's like Twitter Femi, but on in real <laughs> life for you, Michael, it's one of those. But just to wrap up that thought on, on Lamar Jackson, what do you make of this stat? With an interception and fumble in the fourth quarter Sunday, Jackson now has 11 fourth quarter or overtime turnovers um, in one-score games over the last three seasons, most of anyone in the National Football League? Well, I, I think what it tells me is when he's forced to have to throw in a drop-back pass game, they don't have a drop-back pass game. That's exactly what it tells me, and that's what I've been saying. Oh, Todd Munkin, he's a great offensive mind coming in here. Like, like, seriously, they got 100 yards and they got three first downs. I'll tell you what's coming up. You know, I know we're going against the pond and all the travel issues, but Vrabel's always done a good job against Lamar. Always. Go through those numbers. That is very, very true. And speaking of the AFC North, we've still got to figure out if what we saw from Joe Burrow yesterday means he's back. Does that mean that the Bengals could be back on the right track as well? He could In be our- really back if Todd Moncton called plays for him. Then he would be really back. <laughs> maybe our- Sark called him. Maybe. Or Lincoln Riley. Let's just keep throwing him in, and throwing him in there. Why not? 